الحمد لله وكفى وسلاما على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وانك لعلى خلق عظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم البر حسن الخلق والاثم ما حاك في صدرك وكرهت ان يطلع عليه الناس سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم The Prophet وسلم, in a profound statement says البر حسن الخلق that righteousness is good character وَالْإِثْمُ مَا حَاكَ فِي صَدْرِكَ وَكَرِهْتَ أَنْ يَطْلِعَ عَلِيهِ النَّاسِ And on the opposite end of righteousness being sin, إِثْم, sin, is what causes uneasiness within the heart. وَكَرِهْتَ أَنْ يَطْلِعَ عَلِيهِ النَّاسِ And you detest the people find out about it. So sin, so righteousness, البر, is, is, is good character. By definition, righteousness is good character. And sin is that thing which causes uneasiness within the heart. It causes the heart to tremble or shake or feel uncomfortable. And sin is also that thing which you don't want other people to know about. It's a very strong statement of the Prophet And let's try to break this down. The first thing the Prophet says is The righteousness is good character. Now, character uh, you know, can take on many different meanings. In this case, the character is... We can, we can identify character, define character as uh, acting properly in the right circumstance or situation. So for instance, a person interacts with you know, his or her neighbor, and uh, acting properly with that neighbor in an appropriate way would be considered good character. Similarly, a person has a relationship or a circumstance in which they interact with their parents. So treating their parents with the respect they deserve and being obedient to your parents, that would be considered good character in that circumstance. So character is an, a good character is a person that according to the opportunity or according to the circumstance acts uh, in the best way possible for that. So the Prophet ﷺ is defining righteousness as a whole as good character because this is what the... Uh, the core, this is what the core of our deen is. Right? If we look at the life of the Prophet وسلم, he defined good character. Right? Allah Ta'ala says about the, him in the Quran, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ You are on a high uh, uh, character. Right? He gives him a character of azim. Aisha she says about the Prophet وسلم, Quran. His character was so good it was like the Quran. If you wanted to know what his character was, read the Quran and that's what his character was. There was such a strong emphasis on good character, on interacting with one another, being presentable and sociable and and, uh, uh, and gentle and kind and friendly all these characteristics that we would put into this category of good character these were all uh, possessed by the Prophet no one, no one ever existed that had better character than the Prophet and it was something that he had emphasized something that you know, the Prophet before him had emphasized as the core of the deen you know, oftentimes we think uh, of uh, the, uh, the essence of our faith or, or, or the, uh, a predominant component of our faith being our ibadat right how we pray uh, how we recite quran how we uh, you know how many days we fast in the month of ramadan uh, performing our hajj or zakat these make up a subset of our deen but the uh, overwhelming majority of our deen is comprised of muamalat which in essence is good character how to deal with 
one another, how to you know, deal with the person when, when you're shopping at the store, how to uh, uh, deal with you know, your teacher when you're at school, how to deal with your student if you're at school, how to deal with your employer or your employee, how to deal with you know, the car dealer, how to deal with uh, the mailman, how to deal with your neighbor, your spouse, your parents, your children. I mean, all of these things are such... Are, are, defined, are, are, uh, are the predominant, uh, is the predominant component of our, of our deen. In fact, you know, when you look at the books of fiqh, fiqh we consider to be you know, Islamic theology or Islamic law, and uh, someone says, for instance, I'm taking a class on fiqh, right? Most people will think, oh, this, uh, you know, person's going to study about salah and how to make wudu and how to recite Quran and how to, you know, you know how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Fiqh is made up maybe one third or maybe one fourth of, of all fiqh is made up of, of ibadat, and three quarters of it is how people deal with one another. There's you know very strict criterion and all these rules and regulations, and it's all designed so that we become better in our character. In fact, our teachers and our scholars say that the purpose of our worship is to better our character. Meaning, a person that spends time in you know reciting the Quran and reflecting upon the Quran, spends time or, or makes an effort to come to the masjid and, and praise the salah in the masjid, etc. The end goal or the end result of those acts of worship is actually good character. And if a person has not perfected their ibadat, then they will never be able to perfect their character. But a person that has perfected their ibadat will be able to perfect their character. But <clears throat> the point being that the the end goal, if you will, or the end result of uh, you know, perfecting our worship is actually good character. But it's something that was highly emphasized by the Prophet Wasallam. You know, when the Prophet Wasallam, when he was preaching to the people of his time, what, uh, what this, this idea of tawheed and oneness and believing in Allah and believing in uh, uh, angels and believing in the Day of Judgment, etc. They could, you know, the people that were challenging him, they could potentially um, you know, question or challenge or present some sort of challenge to this, these statements of the Prophet ﷺ. They could argue against why there maybe isn't, you know, one Allah. They could argue, they could maybe present a case against why uh, there aren't such things as angels or why the Quran in the he's being revealed is not the word of Allah. They could maybe present those arguments, but they were never able to present an argument against the Prophet ﷺ himself. They could never challenge, they would never be able to challenge his honesty, never be able to challenge his truthfulness, his trustworthiness, his, his gentleness, his kindness, his generosity. Right? In fact, you know, they gave him the title of a sadiq and al-ameen, or someone who's truthful, someone who's trustworthy. They were never able to challenge the character. And so that presented a big dilemma for them. And this is, the, this is one of the main reasons why Islam spread during that time. Because although you can challenge all of those things, you can, you can present you know, arguments and philosophical and theological arguments about why they're, you know, the, Islam can't be real and why this and that, this and that. And they, could, and they did that at that time. But they could never challenge the Prophet himself. His character was so good that that became the source of attraction. Okay, maybe he's saying this, maybe he's saying that, but look who's saying it. This is the Prophet. This is the Prophet. He never lied in his life. He's the most generous of all people. He, he's someone that you know, is, is, uh, is, uh, is kind to the, the poor. He's someone that treats you know, the elders with respect. How could somebody of this character be making up these things about the deen? And so it was his character that attracted people. And that was what brought people into the deen. They saw what he was you know, striving for. They saw how he would support other people. They saw how he would interact in every single circumstance with every single person in a proper way. How we define good character. And this is how Islam sped, spread for 1400 years. It wasn't that they, you know, it wasn't that they had to defend, uh, you know, Islam quote unquote with their speech or say good things about it or talk about this and talk about that. No. 
Islam spread just by the way people, in the, why the Muslims of the time interacted with one another, and uh, interacted with, with with people that weren't Muslim. And so, when they, for instance, they would open up a store, and you know, let's say, you know, in in uh, I don't know, in India, for instance, right? The Muslims had just moved there, and it would be the dealings that they would have with that with that shopkeeper that would attract them toward Islam. And say, this per- there's something special, there's something different about that person. <clears throat> so this is what how the Prophet defines righteousness. So something that we should bear in mind. That this should be uh, this should be a, a goal of ours as well. That we become people that have excellent character, character that resembles the character of the Prophet and the Sahaba. Because one, this is what divine righteousness, and two, this is ultimately what will attract people toward the Deen. We can talk and have lectures and have all you know. We can have uh, da'wah seminars and we can we can preach quote unquote about our Deen. But ultimately, people will bring counter arguments. But if they see that we are people that hold to the truth. You know, we are people that are, are true to our word. We are people who, who treat others with, 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 with um, justice and with kindness. And ultimately, they'll be attracted to us and then they'll come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second part of this hadith, the Prophet says, And sin, sin is that thing which causes uneasiness within your heart. And you detest that people find out about it. You know, there's many different ways by which we can, you know, quote unquote, define what sin is. But this is very interesting. This had this part of the hadith is specifically referring to those people who have spent time, you know, developing themselves and becoming close to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. There will come a point in their life, and, and it's almost like the, the fitra of a child, right? If a child isn't exposed to things, they know from the get go what's you know, or they they someone who's raised in a, in a proper setting, they'll know on their own what's right and what's wrong. This is what we call the, the fitra, the the the, the natural. Um, uh, uh, the natural state that we, sort of we were born with. So people, for instance, that also that spend a lot of times reflecting upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and working on themselves that ultimately they become, you know, uh, they adopt the sunnah into life, etc. Their heart becomes pure such that anything that would go against the sharia or anything that would be wrong or incorrect or sinful causes uneasiness within their heart. And secondly, they don't want people to know about it. They don't want people to know about it. So because they don't, sorry, it, sin is something that they wouldn't want people to know about. And right away they know. This is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He's given us. You know, we could, we could say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designed the world such that, uh, you know, things that were quote unquote good for society, Allah ta'ala could have made those things sinful, right? He could have made, for instance, you know, helping the poor, or let's say giving, giving money, you know, uh, for sadaqah, he could have made that an act of sin. It was up to Allah. Ultimately, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could decide whatever he wanted to be sin, he could make a sin. Whatever Allah ta'ala wants to be good, he could make it good. But the ble- a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that he made those things that generally human beings, and in particular, you know, human beings that have developed themselves, the human beings in, in general, those things that, that make them feel uneasy in their heart. Lying, stealing, backbiting, che- cheating, killing, murder, you know, all of these things. Um, uh, you know, adultery, fornication, these things that, you know, the average person would feel uncomfortable in their heart, Allah Ta'ala made that sinful. It's a blessing for us because sometimes we don't know, you know, it's a, 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 it's a blessing for us in two ways. One is that uh, it, it makes it a lot easier to practice the deen. And two, because in those difficult circumstances, when you don't know what, what you should do, when you shouldn't do, you should lean toward that thing that makes your heart feel more comfortable. Right? If there's something, ex, you know, clearly per- permitted in, in the Quran and the Sunnah and the Sharia, or something that's clearly prohibited, and we're not talking about that. But there are things that you don't know if there's a right or wrong to it, whether you haven't studied it yourself, or maybe the scholars haven't agreed on it, or whatever it might be, then we should look to our heart. And our heart can tell us a lot. 
They can tell us about which direction we should head in. And if it's something that makes you feel uneasy, for instance, you have the opportunity to eat at a particular place, and you just don't know if you should eat there or not. You have the opportunity to go, you know, purchase a ticket to, you know, a game, but you're not comfortable with something that might be there. Listen to your heart. If your heart is telling you not to do that, this is maybe what will make Allah Ta'ala unhappy, then leave it alone. And if your heart is telling you this is perhaps what will make Allah Ta'ala happy with me, then go for it. You know, and, and, and similarly, someone, like I said, someone whose heart is still... You know, relatively on the fitrah, someone who's you know been kept protected, or someone who has worked on on removing the filth from from their heart. Uh, that person will be able to tell as well, that, you know, a particular sin. They wouldn't want anyone to find out about a particular sin, so they can use that as a gauge as well. Just like you have a gauge in your car when the oil is low and and, and the light goes off, it, you know, it, this is like the gate. This is like our gauge of sin as well. That when uh, when our heart is telling us against doing something, that we should listen to our heart. And, and uh, the final point with this hadith, the final point with this part of this hadith, is that you know this this blessing that Allah Taala has given the human being, given the believers, the human beings, of wanting to um, of not wanting people to find out, and of creating uneasiness within the heart. Uh, this disappears with the uh, act with acts of sin. So the more and more engrossed in sin. An evil that a person becomes involved in, the less this feeling will, will continue within their heart. Which is why you'll see Muslims who are so attached to alcohol, for instance, that they'll drink and they'll drink and they'll drink. And ultimately, the first few times, you know, for instance, you know, first few times they try marijuana, first few times they go to a club, you know, they, they might uh, they might feel a little uneasiness in their heart, and they might even look, you know, look around the shoulder and see if anybody watching me. You know, when they when they go to the store and they're in the aisle where there's alcohol, and they want to make sure, and maybe they'll purchase it on because they don't want them to find out. They'll feel uneasiness within their heart, number one. And two, they won't want anyone to find out. The first time, second time, maybe third time. But then the fourth time, they'll just, they won't even care anymore. You know, sin will become almost like love to them. They won't look around to see who's watching them. It makes no difference, which is why you'll see Muslims committing these acts, you know, in public. They'll post pictures of, you know, themselves, you know, committing zina, for instance, online. You know, uh, in, in whatever shape, way, shape, or form, and the reason is because now they've they're so far from from this blessing of Allah of, of feeling it within their heart, they can't tell the difference anymore. Good is bad, bad is good. Good is bad, bad is good. There's no, they can't tell the difference. They will do things openly, which before they didn't want anyone to know about. It doesn't make a difference to them anymore. This is a state that we should all be very mindful of, and it's something that we should. Um, this is another reason why we should we shouldn't sin. Another reason because. The first time we do it, the second time we do it, we could repent back to Allah. Third, fourth, fifth time, when we don't even recognize that what we're doing is wrong, then we can never expect that we're going to turn back to Allah and ask Him for His forgiveness. So the moment, the first time we commit a sin, let's say it's a major sin, let's say you've never, you know, you never drink alcohol in your life, and somehow shaitan deceives you and you end up, you know, taking a sip. As soon as that happens, we should repent to Allah and promise never to go back to it. Promise never to go back to it. Because if we do it a second, a third, a fourth time, one, it becomes easier to do it, and two, there'll come a point where we won't even have the tawfiq to turn back to Allah because our heart won't feel uneasy about it. And secondly, uh, we, we won't care if people are watching us. Right? The first couple of times if someone watches you and they see you, you'd be like, oh man, he saw me. Alright, you know what? I'm not going to do this again. Third, fourth, fifth time, tenth time, it makes no difference who's watching you. You're that far removed that you will go from this life of sinning in private when no one can watch you because, and you know you can turn back to Allah to sinning in public and then, uh, you know, uh, uh, and that's a very difficult state to be in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from ever, ever reaching that state. So this is, uh, you know, the statement of the Prophet Al-Birru husn khuluq that righteousness is, by definition here, righteousness is good character. 
and sin sin especially for the person that still has a relatively pure heart it causes uneasiness a shake within the heart a level of discomfort and it is something that uh, you don't want people to see you doing. So you can use that as a gauge for whether I should or shouldn't do something. If I don't, if I don't, if my heart's telling me not to do it, and other people are telling me, or, or I don't want, I don't want other people to know about it, then we should stay away from it. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala grant us the characteristics of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala grant us all righteous, righteous character, the character that resembles that of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala protect us and uh, protect us from from reaching a state in which our hearts are not able to differentiate between what is good and what is bad. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillah. Rabbil